Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Smart Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm feeling much better. Couldn't do the backlash review with you and Laurie yesterday, which was a shame because there's a lot to talk about on that show. You've the- already done it all. I know. Well, you know, we haven't really got time to hear your thoughts uh, either because there's so much other stuff to cover. Um, but yeah, we'll dive into that. Maybe we'll get some brief thoughts for you uh, as we get into the outro portion of this podcast. But the uh, the sack for mail is also full. We've got a big, heavy sack now. Oh, it's, I can feel it. It's terse. Yes. But before that, oh, not a lot of good news coming out of Raw. Um, show-wise, it was fine. But ugh. Lots of horrible real-world stuff. Uh, here's the show. First episode of WWE Raw, really, of the new era. Paul Heyman was... Uh, sort of removed as executive director last Thursday, and now this is the first instalment of the McMahon-Pritchard reign of Raw again. So it was a really interesting episode to see what the tone might be going forward, who's going to get pushed, who's going to get fallen by the wayside. I, for one, really enjoyed the show. Uh, There's problems there and, you know, cause for concern, but overall, as as an isolated episode, I thought this was hugely enjoyable. Unfortunately... Uh, We're not really going to start off talking about that stuff, though. We're going to start talking about how someone yesterday, well, not yesterday, but on June 8th, so last week's tapings for for WWE, it came out that they tested positive for coronavirus. And this has kind of opened up a whole 
discussion that I personally, and I think us as wrestling fans too, have sort of gotten used to in the last couple of months. And it, I, I watched Raw this morning and I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I was left mostly thinking about, man, Ric Flair's turned heel and he's siding with Randy Orton in 2020. And I think that's pretty cool. Weird. That was my like last impression. But then I listened to the Wrestling Observer Radio and quite rightly, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez just spent the first 20 minutes going, this is insane. How are WWE carrying on like this and not really testing for coronavirus specifically they themselves have said that unlike the ufc and aew they test specifically for coronavirus and how they they're bringing in crowd members they're not letting them use masks this is something that the wrestling observer has reported and and we've corroborated through our sources and it's just you know that this that they also let in friends and family of wrestlers to also be in the crowd that's why the crowd looked a bit different and, you know, you've got all of this compounded with this positive test for coronavirus on June 8th of it's a, a NXT Performance Center recruit trainee. So likely one of the people in those crowds. And, yeah, they're behind the plexiglass screens. But as we saw on this very episode of Raw, the Street Profits went round the plexiglass screens to make their entrance. It's not that they, they sometimes get involved with stuff. It's an indoor environment, too. The, the the sort of virus is going to stay stick around there in the air so overall this is bad yeah and you, you mentioned the, the nxt talent that's there you know but like that that some of that nxt talent is also working tv like you know shotzi blackheart was in the crowd for backlash she was on pay-per-view just the, the week previous she's going for the uh, the tag titles on wednesday you know like so they are also putting people who are on tv in the audience as well amongst them so it's not just the recruits that are all sort of like killer you know collected together and as you say street profits were partying with them uh, at one point in uh, the show this week um to, to play the role of youtube commenter well, you wouldn't say this if it was AEW. You wouldn't say this. You wouldn't say this on an AEW review, Ollie Davis, your big AEW mark. What you, what's wrong with you? Why do you hate why do you hate WWE so much? Well, yes, uh, I, I did say all of this stuff when AEW first started running shows again after that initial batch taping that saw them through six weeks. And I took a lot of heat from it that from AEW fans on the other extreme side of that debate. And, you know, you know, I was both me and you were here saying this is wrong. It's really bad. And we kept that up for about two, three weeks because, you know, Jim Ross was there. Jake the Snake Roberts was there. It's like, look, I get there's like levels to this. There's running a wrestling show with social distancing guidelines and tests and precautions in place with skeleton crews. But then bringing at-risk people with very serious pre-existing health conditions to those tapings you know, that's another level. And, and we called AEW out for that. But that was six weeks ago. WWE have been doing this for two and a half months. I, you know, Like I said, I feel like we've all gotten used to this new normal. And thankfully, there hasn't been any real casualties from it. And, you know, the, the opposite's the case in Mexico. It's just awful the amount of wrestlers who are dying down there. But thankfully, there's not been any, like, serious cases in w, for, for currently active professional wrestlers in the United States at least. But I I looking at it now, is that because wrestling has been good and has put things in place? I think not. 
it's because they've been lucky. I was going to say, it's totally, it's luck that there hasn't been more of this in the world of wrestling. It's just absolute, just jammy luck, essentially, is what it boils down to. It's funny enough, I was talking to to my wife about this this morning, because a, a friend of mine is, is unfortunately furloughed from work at the moment with his job telling him that if we are continued to be furloughed until October, November time, we may have to look at, you know, thinning out our, our staff and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I'm lucky. And this was before I'd heard of the, uh, the, the, the news that had come out of Raw. And I was like, I'm very lucky in a way that wrestling is so bone idle stubborn that it is just continuing like nothing has happened. It has done its very best to ignore this global pandemic and carry on as normal and uh yeah and, and you know that has managed to keep me in work uh through their bone idle ignorance has managed to keep me going because the wrestling world is like there's no nothing's going on everything's fine you can stand out there without masks it's all fine everything's gravy it's all good yeah that's uh that that's one of the comments that gets my goat which is oh well lucky for you that wwe are running shows maybe you should stop criticizing them so much i'm like are you telling newspapers to stop talk, like reporting on the coronavirus or calling people out for hypocrisy because the news is being generated? Uh, you, you misunderstand the role of media, folks. Uh, but what you just said there, let's go into a few of the things that have come out about how WWE have been running the tapings. Um, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez spoke on Wrestling Observer Radio that, yes, they started bringing in people outside their initial trainee group of fans it's it's also their friends and family um there was also the people weren't allowed to wear masks they were to mm. be apparently people actually asked to wear masks in that crowd but wwe said no you can't if you want to you have to leave which yes is a choice but is it a choice when you're a performance center recruit and you're walking on eggshells as it is yeah, considering you know the the mass firings that we had just a few months ago, it's like it's it's so it's it's such an abuse of power of your position just to put on a wrestling show. And I know, yes, we all love wrestling. Thank God it's still on. But really, do do we want this to come at the expense of the health of the people that we all root for? It's it's bizarre. But yeah, the well, you know. Uh, Louis Dangor has been doing some excellent reporting work as well uh, on WrestleTalk.com. Uh, he's reporting that the the fans didn't, sorry, the WWE talent didn't know that those fans were at the performance center until they got there. You know, not yeah. just the not just the trainees, but the friends and families of those trainees or whoever they were, uh, and they didn't. It's apparently it's quite hard to see through the plexiglass that's at ringside, separating the fans from the performers fans and they didn't even know that these new people were there imagine being that like that the lack of communication well the lack of communication appears to be something like that that's sort of like plaguing within this because wwe didn't even know like the the talent that's on the show didn't know that someone got tested you know that someone's been tested positive for covid19 until it was reported by ryan satin and that you know, and that's WWE told Ryan Satin, and that's how the performance found out through someone else. Like, which I think is a bit like that's 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 poor communication. Very much so. You you definitely have thought that WWE would have known beforehand. And if I was to put a cynical reading on this version of events, WWE 
want the performance to get through backlash. They want them to get through these few days of tapings. And conveniently, this announcement to Ryan Satin was left until after Raw. Yeah. Until yeah, yeah, after that... Raw finished broadcasting. Yeah, so that, that the, doesn't the happen by accident. The narrative on social media isn't people talking about, oh my God, how is this going on? It's it's just talking about Randy Orton and Ric Flair teaming up. Brian Alvarez, you know, because it's easy to get lost in our wrestling bubble. He 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 had a really good analogy, and it, it outraged me, to be honest, where he said, look, if this was Amazon and a warehouse, this would be a major, major story, and people would be protesting, striking, mass cancellations of, of the product. But because it's in this wrestling bubble, we're not seeing that level of mainstream outrage when it's really, really quite justified. We, I said earlier, or the pair of us said earlier, that WWE are lucky that they haven't had more of these, so more of this news really coming out since they have sort of refused to just stop carrying on as normal. We have been lucky in a sense that they have been so bonaire that we've still been able to make content out of it. It's also lucky that their ratings are down and no one really likes wrestling and it's not a mainstream thing anymore. Otherwise, there would be this. But as you're right, because we are in such this tiny, tiny wrestling bubble, the only people that are annoyed about this and angry about this are us. It's the wrestling fans. And for whatever reason, as wrestling fans, we do just like next week. We'll It's not even next week. On Wednesday, we'll all just watch NXT anyway. Like, like nothing's really changed. Yeah, yeah. And and just you've got all of this stuff happening. You know in advance that someone tested positive last week. You're making everyone test for coronavirus right now. You know that and, and the coronavirus testing isn't foolproof. To yeah. test positive for coronavirus or net to test positive for coronavirus only means that you have coronavirus. If you test negative, that doesn't really rule you out from also having coronavirus because it's not 100% accurate. Far from it, it seems. So they had Ric Flair make his return on this show. That means that doesn't just mean Ric Flair's in that building. That means Ric Flair is traveling. That means Ric Flair's on an airplane. That means Ric Flair is massively at risk. Yeah. And it, it, it makes me think of, um, you know, when Jerry was still on the show, when they brought Jerry Lawler in, and he posted up an image on, on his Instagram or Twitter or something with him on the plane and he was wearing the mask. And he said, it's the weirdest plane journey I've ever had because there was no departure time. Basically, the, the plane the, the, the plane driver, the pilots, they're often called, uh, just said, we'll leave when, you're, when we're ready. Like, we'll just leave when, if, if you're ready to go now, we'll just go now. And I remember David Starr reposting it being like, why do you think that is, Jerry? Why do you think we're in, like, why do you think they're that massive bear? It's because you shouldn't be on a plane, man. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Holla, if you hear me, fellas, it's time for a new product launch from the good folk at manscaped.com. Usually at this point, we'd tell you to look at your big bull bush, but this time we want you to look in the mirror at those big nose bush. And you can sort that out as well as your ears, you're totally disgusting and hairy, with Manscaped's new Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. And as a loyal listener to this podcast, you're among the first to hear a preview of it. Listen. Sounds good, right? Have you ever tried pulling out nose hairs with your fingers? I have. It hurts worse more than being slammed on the apron, and that's the hardest part of the ring. This weed whacker nose and ear trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology from their lawnmower body trimmer, so you won't get cut open hard way. It's Judas effective. I'm an old man now, and as such, I do actually have problems with nose and ear hair because... I'm old, and I've used trimmers in the past, but none have been as effective as Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. And that's a shoot, brother. And here's another shoot for you, much love HH. 79% of partners polled said that nose hair was a major turnoff. Lads, your nose hair is stopping you getting laid. Sort it out, mate. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine by trimming that nose bush and get 20% off with free shipping using the promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV to get 20% off with free shipping. Your neat and tidy nose and tidy balls will thank you. Uh, before we get into all of your su- 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 super chats to see what you guys thought of the show, let's do our wonderful Patre- uh, Pledgehammer Patreon shout-outs for $25 a month or more. Thank and you. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know what they're getting tomorrow? Tell me. They're getting their three-hour, oh yes, three-hour review of New Japan's Dominion from 2018, which features 
the actual greatest wrestling match ever between Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega. The, the fourth match in their quadrilogy. It is legit the greatest wrestling match ever. It is art. It is absolutely spellbinding. It's even better on a rewatch. So get a, head over to New Japan World and you know watch that match ahead of time. But the review is getting released tomorrow morning and features wrestletalk.com writer the brain brian joyce joining us for the main event to give his new japan insights onto the show uh, i really really enjoyed doing that review and that may, I, I i swear in it it's so good we try not to swear on those shows but i can't help myself it's so effing good it's perfect it was so much fun revisiting that uh, yeah do do go over to patreon become a pledge hammer and you can listen to that from tomorrow but for now thank you jam that jam josh yes there you go get your cheap pops jim possible pendergast thank you jam that james dylan oh it's <laughs> over it is over uh you should get a t-shirt robin banks lee roberts thank you very much vito ventura pet detective Lovely stuff. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Well, thank you, Brian. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Very, very nice. Moving sideways, Kieran Crabtree. Like a crab. Uh, You'll never get this name right, you idiot. Matthew Zimjewski. Lovely stuff. Friends with Marky Mark, new kid on the block, Ben Newcomb. Thank you. Forsaken Angel, Corey Cobain. Lovely stuff. And lastly, we're going on a Brian Huntley. Thank you very much. And also thank you to our wonderful moderators. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, Matnetic Field, Bumhead Rob. And as always, even though she said she'd be off today, I think the mod mother Jenna. You're the best. Hard working. Uh, So let's see what uh, you folks are saying in relation to the title, at least. Don't worry, we'll have a sort of ethics-free play-by-play review of the actual episode of Raw shortly. Uh, But JobberJJ496 says, keep jamming that jam, bro. A very bad week for WWE. Not testing for COVID. Wrestlers coming out about Saudi. That's something we haven't really had a chance to dive into. And Fox censoring the piss angle. Did they? Yeah, so when it was replayed on the West Coast, I believe, uh, they took out the whole urine-throwing bit of the Jeff Hardy-Sheamus storyline. Did they really? Huh. Well, I, actually, I didn't hear about that. I did hear about the Saudi thing, though. And it's um, it's a, Bix made me laugh about this on, on Twitter, where it was like, man, all those people that said there's no way the Saudi prince was keeping that plane boarded, there's no way he'd have that sort of power, have all gone very quiet over the last couple <laughs> of days. Uh, Ashley Cartwright says, I cannot believe they put Ric Flair at risk. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, I can't believe I didn't even think about this until after the episode. And that's WWE's greatest trick, isn't it? It's making you forget about real life. And, you know, that's a good thing for escapism. But it's actually a very damaging, warping perception to have when you try and judge how they conduct themselves. Because, yeah, Ric Flair isn't just in the age category that's most at risk. He also has many many serious underlying health problems. He nearly died, I think it was last year. Yeah. Or was it the year before? What even is time? 
I think it might have been. The, I can't even remember to be honest. Like, I think it was the year before because I think we mm. were still in the old studio. But even then, like that, that doesn't even feel like a time frame either. Um, and finally, for now, before we get into the play by play, I'll let you read this one from Phoenix. This company. This company. Uh, go over to wrestletalk.com to read Louis's exclusive article about all the, the backstage bits from the coronavirus raw testing that we've heard at least. This opened with a really good opening segment. And me and you, I think we love Randy Orton versus Christian. That series oh. of matches through 2011. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great feud. I mean, me and uh, I think Adam did a, a video about it recently uh, for the Rest Talk podcast show on the Fight Network here in the UK, talking about what a great series that was and why Christian was never really seen as a main eventer in WWE. Um, but yeah, like it was... I, I was sort of tremendously excited about this and it didn't really strike me much until I saw your review of it where I was like, oh yeah, really the biggest stars coming out of this show were Randy Orton, Ric Flair, The Big Show and Christian and everyone else is just like, and off to the mid card with you. Yeah, that's that's my bad. I was focusing on, oh, they're not building this company around young stars anymore, are they? Whereas everyone else was like, Huh, coronavirus. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is the important theme, other than what we've just spoken about to to look at in this this raw review, really, and that is Paul Heyman's regime really was all about building new talent or or at least utilizing talent better that has fallen by the wayside. Andrade, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Umberto Carrillo, Drew McIntyre. Some of those projects didn't work out, but Shayna Baszler, another one. But you know, some of them did. And you can't argue that the main event scene was predominantly new faces. And now he's gone. It's no mistake that this was very much about the old guard, which was great for a pop of the rating or a pop of interest, but it's not a long-term strategy. Well, my feeling coming out of this show was, wow, I, I mean, I even said to you that WWE feel like this, this raw felt like it was in panic mode because it was a raw that had a WWE championship match on it. It was a raw that had a women's championship match on it. It was a raw that had the first match, first Christian match since he retired six years ago. Randy Orton, the big show, Ric Flair. Like it just felt that they were trying to do everything they possibly could to pop that rating. And then for next week's show, announced two tag title matches as well. And it was something that you said on a, 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 I think it was a news episode you did last week where it was like, it's the Triple H, Paul, uh, Paul Hogan, it's Triple H, Hollywood Hogan thing of like, you don't be, you, you're never on the shows that you know that are going to do bad ratings. Like if you're preempted by the Westminster Dog Show, you're not booked onto that show because that's going to do a bad rating. And then you, you can come back the week after when it's going to do a good rating and you'd be like, oh, look, I created the good rating here. And so if this is like, if this show does well in the ratings tomorrow, if like this rating is up from last week, which it likely will be because it's got the post backlash bump as well. McMahon and Pritchard on next month's Investors Call can be like, well, look, it's already showing signs of success. Because the rating, we got rid of Paul Heyman when it was going down, and now we're already on the ascent. So things, we, we've fixed the ship already. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, who, who knows if that was always the plan? 
and why Heyman and Bischoff got those jobs in the first place. But Orton came out here. He cut a really good in-ring promo. Orton was excellent all night. Absolutely brilliant. Like, another level good. He was great on the WrestleMania build. It's been a bit repetitive since. But, man, this was like the character. This was where the character should have gone post-WrestleMania. And he was saying how good it felt to kill the legend of Edge. How good it felt to tear the tricep off of Edge's bone. Like What mm-hmm. a visceral image that is. And then he said, well, Edge will be cleared in July. And I was like, oh, my God. So it's not as serious as we thought. The crowd got excited. He only bloody worked me because then he said 2029. Boom. Boom. Uh, I, so I, that genuinely worked me. And I was like, that's a good line. What a good heel. But the crowd... I've become so annoying now after really wanting them there. It was like, it was so fabricated and artificial. Boo. Yeah. I mean, they are like piped in noises, you know, like, because they had the uh, the amplified audio for the the, the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash. Um, and I, I mean, I said, to, I said to Laura, I was like, I mean, to be honest, it doesn't really sound much different from the usual amplified audio of fake crowd noise that they have from actual people that are there. Like, it does sound like a 2K game. Like, them doing the This Is Awesome chant during the women's triple threat tag match was so, like, so, a director came and was like, can you start a This Is Awesome chant now, please? They are quite bad. I feel like above the hard cam, they've probably got the lights. Boo, <laughs> cheer, applause. Um, But anyway, this brought out Christian. And as if this segment wasn't good enough already, I thought they they really played into the history between these two guys. Orton had this fantastic line where he said, I know what you want. You want one more match, which is always Christian's motivating tag uh, tagline there. And yeah, he sort of threatened or, or challenged Christian to an unsanctioned match later tonight. Yeah, because Christian's not medically cleared by WWE, so it was going to be an unsanctioned match where WWE could not be liable, much like the people in the audience could not be liable uh, for anything bad that happens, uh, and the offer expires tonight. Yeah, which is, you know, this is something, all those things you mentioned about title matches and this angle here, definitely this should have been built up more in advance. It should have been pre-advertised, which makes me think that it's not going to do that good a rating, actually. But they they spunk their load here, and I, I you know, I'm happy for. It. I thought it made a really exciting episode. My feeling on that is, it's trying to get people to like text their friends and say, "Oh man, are you watching Raw? Christian's back. He's going to have a match." And you try and get it through word of mouth. Mm. That's my. That's at a guess. Yeah, I don't know if that's as effective anymore. Surely no, people just go, I'll watch think, it on YouTube tomorrow. Yes, but these are guys in their 70s yeah. who are still <laughs> operating on the same tactics they used in 1993. Uh, fantastic opening angle, set up a great storyline throughout the night. Will Christian take the match and will he have the match tonight? Uh, so after that, we got Zelina Vega and our Angel Gaza talking to Charlie Caruso. There's no dissension in the gang of sexy men. And that went into a match between Kevin Owens and Gaza. Andrade came out pretty quickly, distracted the referee, and that led to Gaza losing. Yeah. Uh, the only real note I have from this, and I only spotted her at Backlash, but Lady Door is in the crowd and she's wearing an Angel Gaza t-shirt. And because I was away for the two weeks where she did make her debut 
that this is the only this is the only evidence I've got that it was ever a real angle because I've never seen her before. Or maybe it wasn't because she was feuding with Gaza. <laughs> well, not feuding with Gaza, feuding She's with Andrade. With, yeah. Um. Anyway, this yeah, that seems this is a faction that's going to split up. Uh, I think there was a lot more mileage in them. They never properly got a run together. It's, well, yeah, they lost a lot. That was their that was their role was to lose a lot. So it's a real shame that obviously they've lost theory, which I think was needed. But to break them up, it's it's not the most optimistic sign. This act that Paul Heyman have been working on developing for since January really is now being dismantled. And another thing on this show: very quick matches in relation to normal. This was very much promos, backstage skits, in-ring interviews, not wrestling. Yeah, and a lot of backstage skits as well. Like the the Bobby Lashley Drew uh, storyline, which was continued with our truth this week, had about like they had like almost. I mean, obviously this is hyperbolic, but six or eight backstage segments to tell the story to lead into the match. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think overall it probably was about six six installments. Yeah, and I, I I personally found it quite hard to follow. You know, when it's not in the usual structure of backstage segment match backstage segment match it's a bit too scattergun and i've seen a few people comment that as well like this this felt like a really sloppily structured show and yeah. I, I agree yeah yeah, yeah um, in a way. but that went into mvp shouting at not renee young but interrupting him and bobby and then they come down to the ring for a separate promo segment to their match later on lana comes out she wants she wants bobby back bobby wants a divorce well, you've got to end that storyline somehow, haven't you? And now she's got a new friend out of it in Natalia. Oh, God. <laughs> so that was, yeah, it looks like that's been written off. I think the only reason they kept it alive was to give Lashley an out at Backlash, which yeah. is incredibly lazy. I didn't oh, yeah. like that finish at all. Nope. Um, so another thing they carried on from Backlash was Akira Tozawa's motorbike riding ninja gang. Because racial stereotypes are funny. Look, sometimes this, but it's kind of awesome. I'm, I, I feel bad that Akira Tozawa isn't on TV more because my God, the guy gets over and everything. But uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the the Ninja Motorbike Gang spot last night. I was, I got a kick out of seeing them here again. But yes, it is problematic that the only way he can get onto TV really is either being squashed. Or being squashed in a racial stereotype. I mean, he is he is one indeed away from being Kyantai two point Like, and that, that and that you know that which is quite an issue. But I will say this: you can often be given bad characters, and you can be given va- racially insensitive characters, and you can be given just awful creative. If you're charismatic enough, you can make you can make something good out of it. And Akira Tozawa, like, this is not a great gimmick. It's actually quite an awful gimmick. But he is funny in the role. Like, his facial expressions and the fact that he's got this ginormous ninja next to him, it's quite, it's it's wacky enough to the point that it's almost funny. And so, yeah, like, I, I agree with you. I think, like, Tozawa is, I mean, my note here is, Tozawa laughs. This feels rather dot, 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 racist question. <laughs> uh, but, like, it is, but Tozawa is kind of, funny like that sounds a funny guy it mm. totally buries him but it, he is funny 
Yeah, and well, it's maybe if he was getting a proper run out of this, it might be a bit better, easy to sit with, but they were squashed so quickly here by the combination team of the the Viking Prophets. Was this like in, in, in a few minutes? Match? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was like his gang of ninjas versus yeah, the street, the Viking prophets. Yeah, because the the big ninja who is actually called like we're not just saying this. His character name is the Big Ninja. Like that's the way he kept you referred to on commentary, because so the Big Ninja was on the outside, and then the th- three of them got in and got beaten up and got pinned by the Raiders. But I couldn't. It was so short. I couldn't tell if Tazao was actually part of the match, and it doesn't make sense either because. Why wouldn't he run in and break up the pin? Why wouldn't he try and get it, get the win? It was ultimately rubbish comedy. Yes. Right? That, that has, it's more a place in a house show, if that. Uh, but I think this is kind of this plus our truth being in the WWE title picture. It's, it's a mark of what Vince likes. I did this felt very Vince to me. Didn't it just? Yeah, but it's okay, man, because WrestleMania main eventer, the big show, is also back and has had a babyface turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was a heel last time. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, he's he's a babyface now. Uh maybe that happened on the big big show show on Netflix. Could be. I don't know if that's canon, but yeah, the big ninja versus the big show. Ah. <sighs> He had such a weird role on this because not only did he come out here, but he also gave Christian a pep talk. He also set up the tag title match for next week. It's like, what? What are you? (laughs) He's the big show. The MC, the new general manager of Raw. No, we don't have authority figures, remember, Davis. It's such lazy writing. It's it's really, really half-assed. It's Mad Libs. Like it and Mad Lib's booking may be the way that we're going forward. And the big show comes out. Big ninja. Uh but big show. Word association. Uh so yeah, Christian's backstage. He's sort of wrestling whether he should do it or not. Um then Seth Rollins comes out. It's just some more back and forth with him and Ray. We've kind of seen this before, but there was some progression this week. Dominic runs out from behind Seth and sort of clobbers him and then avoids Murphy and Theory to run off. I thought, I'm surprised by this, Dominic looked really good here. Yeah, this was really, really good. I actually very much enjoyed this segment. And uh, also Buddy Murphy and Austin Theory, the perfect rubbish henchmen. When Dominic runs out into the audience, Theory and Murphy don't follow the direction he ran. They ran at the plexiglass and was like, how did he get away? Yeah. It was perfect bebop and rocksteady rubbish henchman action, which is then great for Seth to be annoyed at them. So got a big of a laugh and a thumbs up from me. I uh, I wasn't so hot on that. I would like Murphy to be booked a bit more intelligently, uh, but I thought Dominic looked good in this. And I you, this is I was going to say your problem. There, I was going to say your problem there is that Murphy didn't wrestle during the Attitude Era, so he can't be taken seriously at this point. Good point. Good point. Uh, after this, we got uh, MVP and Lashley looking for our truth ahead of their tag match God, later they on. They have a lot of segments, didn't they? I know. Drew McIntyre stepped in, and this is where MVP challenged them both to put all the titles on the line. And Drew said, "All right, then." Yeah. So because MVP called him a—he's uh, not a champion; he's a pretender. 
and said that any you know said this should be a winner takes all match tonight truth sort of accepts and drew is but like whoa let's not accept this too rushedly uh their truth but mvp kind of goads him into it and then he sort of pauses and like Do you know what i'm a fighting champion so yeah let's put all the belts on the line tonight and truth ends the segment by saying he could be the new becky two belts i actually thought mvp as you know throughout this night was excellent yeah. because th- this bit here was really well performed earlier on we didn't really talk about it before lana comes out mvp has this great bit of motivation against drew saying he he he's cheating you know he's he calls himself an innocent like a baby face champion a fighting champion but it wasn't bobby's fault that he lost he's yeah. using another man's wife to win which is yeah. such a, a, a nice turnaround of uh the dynamics absolutely adore the partnership of mvp and and bobby lashley it's so great mm. and now that lana's away from it it might be even better hope so because she might be with natalia uh natalia and Liv morgan who i forgot were a tag team they they tagged a, a bit i swear they were like wrestlemania a, opponents like a month ago or something they <laughs> they were tagging they? pretty sure Oh, I don't know. I felt it feels like Liv Morgan hasn't been on TV since before Money in the Bank. She's been it, talking about how she can't find herself or something. It doesn't matter though, because the Iconics beat them in minutes. They cheated to win, and another big show segment. And then it was Natalia backstage saying to Morgan, "Oh, you don't respect me. You don't have gratitude for me." Liv Morgan just walks off, and then out of the background, like that Homer meme. Well, he just <laughs> emerges from the hedge next to Ned Flanders. Uh, out comes Lana, who said, I don't feel valued either. And it was like they were having separate monologues, like the yeah. interior monologues. This was so badly scripted and so woodenly performed. It was it was awful. Natalia is not the best actor in the world. It is shocking that Lana gets cast in movies because she's also not. <laughs> sorry, just I'm sorry, I won't I won't say that again. I'm sorry. We out of time. Yeah, we're out of time, unfortunately, on that, that Natalia segment. Uh it's a shame that they're not keeping that gimmick up, uh, really, because it really was the most entertaining thing on that show for a week. Um yeah, and the Iconics also cut a promo on Banks and Bailey, which mm-hmm. then followed into another segment that they got later on tonight. So I tell you what, like having all of these people have like five segments each, kind of like it's like wow, the roster seems thin at the moment, right? Yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, usually I'm a fan of of interweaving stuff and and spacing stuff throughout the show, but they they did it wrong. <laughs> they just did it wrong here. Like they used the same people and four or five times when really it's about two or three you want. Uh, but yeah, it, man, maybe I'm talking myself out of how good this episode was. It was I really was, just the Randy Orton Christian stuff. I was going to say, I was shocked by your score. Like I felt like a YouTube commenter. And in, in when I saw your score, man, I nearly, I nearly text you. I was uh, worked. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like in fairness to you, the Randy Orton Christian stuff was so good, but like everything else in the show was so, so um, the other thing on Natalia as well, they said she's got a lot to prove. I'm like, what more Can, has she got to prove? Like, she beat Ruby twice. Like, what does she have? Like, she, I, I, who knows? I don't, they don't know what they're going to do with it. And now that Heyman's gone, like, there's probably even less for her to do. 
after that, Christian just came out and said he accepts Auden's challenge, uh, short and sweet. Why was he on the stage? Because, because they'd done too many backstage bits. Well, this thing, so Christian had like a, a segment just before the Liv Morgan, before the Natalia Lana one, where he was backstage and Big Show, who was incredibly sweaty, like from just going out there to punch a ninja. Um, and then like Christian was just standing on the stage. And it almost felt like a stagehand pushed Charlie Caruso out. Could like, can you tell that guy that he's not supposed to be there? <laughs> We're trying to do a show and he's just wandered out onto the ramp for no reason. It's been a while. He's just looking for his peeps. Yeah, are they where there? Are they? Where, where are, are they? they? The plexiglass is in the way. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many people here. This is terrible and unsafe. You're too so, short and- to be a performance centre recruit. <laughs> Uh, MVP approaches Apollo Crews backstage, sort of asking that they should work together. But Crews says, nah, mate, I am a babyface. And MVP got a bit angry. Uh, I'll go into the next segment later because then we can we can go straight into the next Crews bit, which was Sheldon Benjamin taking on Apollo Crews in a very short match. Shelton tries to cheat with his feet on the ropes so Apollo Crews rolls him up, hooks the rope with his arm. I was, I thought we were going to get an actual match. I was quite excited for some wrestling. It's another couple of minute thing. But yeah, Crews retained via some very obvious heel tactics. And this ties into what I was saying the other week about him picking Kevin Owens knowing he was injured. I think there is something to all of this. I, the other thing I'm actually really digging on Raw is this Apollo Crews like slow burn storyline. I'm a, I'm a fan of this. Let's hope it's seen through. Uh, I fully expect this to be dropped shortly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Apollo Crews turning heel was always reportedly the plan before he moved from SmackDown. Uh, I think he would be a great addition to this MVP faction, not yeah. just because they're all black. It's also because it's kind of that nice mid-card, upper-card level. Um, yeah. So, in between those two segments, we also got Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair talking to each other backstage as if they didn't know each other. Well, I, I don't know. Charlotte was like, she was, she was quite sort of giggling and being like, oh, dad. And like, I here's what I think this segment was doing. That Rick was asking, like, why do you keep responding to people on Twitter? And Charlotte says, I do let people get under my skin, but really, at the end of the day, I can do whatever I want. So I think she's now officially a heel. But, but I... she was smiling so much. Yeah, because I think she likes her dad. That's I, I, a baby face thing. I thought this was a confirmation that she is a heel now, but I could be proved very wrong when she's on SmackDown, which, or, or if she's going to be part of that show, or if she's just on Raw again. I feel like I'm going to be proved wrong, but this felt to me like, yeah, Charlotte's a heel now. From her demeanor in this promo, I thought, huh, they've soft reset her to be a total babyface. I don't be a babyface. She's going after Asuka. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, she said woo at the end of it. Um, after this, we just get an absolute hodgepodge of backstage segments. R-Truth scared off Akira Tozawa's ninja gang. There's a video recap of Asuka Nia Jax. My more favourite notes of the night. Truth warms up. Ninjas approach. (laughs) Uh, Asuka 
cuts a promo on Nia Jax after that. Drew's getting worried that Truth get pinned. Big Show join the Viking Prophets to uh, say the tag title match next week. In that other Truth segment that wasn't the one with the ninjas, because in the ninjas one, that was just Drew telling Truth uh, to get serious. So that led into the other segment, which is where Truth said, I did get serious and I fixed the problem. There's now mm. only one title on the line and it's yours. So now Drew right. is at this big disadvantage here where if Truth gets pinned, even if Truth gets pinned, Lashley or MVP becomes the champion. And because and Truth basically says to Drew, he's like, look, I know what it's like to lose a title. So I'm not going to let that happen to you. Which then leads us in, which then was the big show. Then we led into the, the match where I've got a theory for next week's show. Oh, do tell. So this story, the story of this match was Drew runs wild, Truth tags himself in and then gets beaten up for his troubles. And Drew is desperate for the hot tag, which actually I thought this added a lot of some nice tension. It, there were, never was there any doubt that Bobby or MVP was going to win, I don't particularly feel. But I actually thought this added quite a nice bit of drama to the match of Drew wanting to get in and save his title for something that he couldn't possibly, you know, he can't save with Truth in there. And then Drew gets the hot tag. He runs wild, hits the Claymore on MVP. And then he tags Truth and does the old Enzo and Cass finish so Truth can get the pin. Next week, I think Truth is going to think he's the WWE champion because he's the one who got the pin in the match. And we can run with that story for next week's episode. I mean, that's that totally follows. Uh, and, you know, that is funny. That is a funny thing. Well done for coming up for it. I don't want this sort of stuff anywhere near Drew and Bobby right now, though. This has been like a safe haven of seriousness for me. I know Lana's been involved, but that was only really at the finish for Backlash. I thought now with her out the way, we were going to get a serious rematch build for Extreme Rules. What I don't want is Braun Strowman having this comedy throwaway filler pay-per-view feud on one show, and then on the other, like, our truth is inserting himself in Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. I can't believe I'm even having to say that as a sentence. You say inserting, though, but, like, few, like those two have been feuding since post-WrestleMania. Drew and uh, so Bobby and our truth Oh, I forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, well, anyway, it was, like you said, it was quite an ingeniously booked segment because Drew could stay strong, very, very strongly booked, but the peril is almost diverted to someone else. So there is some doubt there and some tension, which was good. Uh, I, however, like, if you take Drew out of this equation and you put Roman Reigns in his place, it's crap. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that's a testament to how well Drew is carrying himself as champion. Yeah. And I, I feel that there will be people who will call this um, WCW levels of stupid. This one actually wasn't because when like this was all played for, like this was set up by the idiot character. The idiot character made this match. Whereas in WCW, it was set up by the actual authority figures who were supposed to be in charge of the place. And also... Yeah, we didn't have David Arquette win the match by pinning Bish by pinning Eric Bischoff and to become the champion, even though his tag partner was the champion going in and was DDP. Hmm. 
so then Ric Flair cut a really good promo, warning Christian against taking this autumn match. Uh, we'll run through the next two matches because we're a bit over time anyway. Uh, and there's not much to say. Banks and Bailey came out to celebrate Bailey's birthday. They accepted the Iconics' challenge for next week. And the Iconics came down and actually had a good back and forth promo with them. Yeah, I like that they um, they were really making reference to the Banks meltdown story from last year that I still stand by was a legit story. And she did have this meltdown and she did sit in the, you know, I, I think all of that is completely true. I think the WWE felt, uh, then fed a false narrative that it wasn't true and it was all made up by the Dutchies. I 100% believe that it did happen. Same. And in a rematch from the previous night, we got Nia Jax versus Asuka with a kind of actual finish. But so I'm just like, because the ref fast counted. Oh, was it a fast count? Yeah, that's what the commentators were saying oh. at the end of that. The referee fast counted the pin. So Asuka didn't get a fair pin in this. Yeah, it's it's just another example of WWE not wanting to push Asuka weirdly. Like we keep hearing that wwe are very much behind her as champion i can't think of one thing that proves that since she won the belt she didn't even win the belt she (laughs) she won the money in the bank match then she was given the belt uh, after the fact charlotte flair beat her twice drew with nia Jax, and she only won here because nia Jax pushed the referee over and the referee got some revenge yeah, Jax, yeah, Jax distracted herself. A few people here are saying that it wasn't a fast count, but that's what the commentators were saying, that it was a fast count. So that's that's on the TV production. Regardless, Nia has an out. This wasn't a strong, clean win for Asuka, and that's what she needs right now. Uh, and then we got a, a Randy Orton promo to Charlie Caruso, which set up an incredible final angle. Such a good final segment that it has made me seemingly forget how much I I actually didn't enjoy this show, <laughs> where it had Christian coming down for the unsanctioned match, dressed all in black, uh, because he didn't come with his ring gear. That was a really nice attention to detail. That's an he, obvious one, but WWE don't always adhere to it. He borrowed um, Vince McMahon's wrestling yes. gear by the looks of it. <laughs> Uh, and I saw that there were only five minutes left of this <laughs> when when Randy Orton, you know, the bell rang and Ric Flair comes out and he did this one last, no, no Christian, don't do it. And I thought, oh, okay, that's weird. But I still didn't know what was going on. And then from out of nowhere, fittingly, Ric Flair low blows Christian right in the dick. Mm-hmm. Randy, I hits was the- shocked. I did not see it coming. I really didn't. And then Randy hits the punt kick for the win. And he so slowly on the pin as well. It was so wonderful. Like the real slow, like looking at him, like, you know, like a predator looking at his prey, rolling him over, half-assing the pin because he knows Christian's not kicking out. And then the selling by Orton afterwards, where he was like, you made me do this. I, I, you're at fault here. I didn't want to do this begging medical staff to look after him and be like, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be I was like, you did this. But Randy thinks he has to do it. And this is like the brilliant psychotic Randy Orton that we probably should have had since, I don't know, 2007. But we're now getting it here in 2020. And it's really good stuff. Like this is the most captivating Orton has been since the start of the Edge feud. Um, in like, you know, that first sort of four-week build period into WrestleMania. This is easily the best that Orton's been since then. Yeah, totally agree. 
utterly, utterly captivating performance and character from Randy. There's this wonderful moment where the, the medics, two medics have gotten in the ring and they're sort of at Christian's head holding his neck. And it, Christian's legs are crossed at the bottom. He's lying on his back and his legs just crossed at the around the ankles. And Orton just gently, like, you know, like a, a father tucking in his kid at night, just puts the, the feet uncrossed. And the medics are like, whoa, they back off. They say, are mm. you going to, are we cool here? And Randy's like, I'm trying to help. And it was like, like you said, you did this, man. So interesting. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm excited to see what happens with him and Ric Flair now. Uh, I don't really know who he feuds with. I think really you should, he should just feud with Drew McIntyre. That's That'd what be I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were we had this at the backlash review, uh, the backlash live stream, and the the post show that we did. People saying like, "Do you think that you could have Randy versus Drew now?" And I was like, "Do you know what? Yeah, because at this point, no one else feels like a top guy, like WWE Championship top guy, other than Randy Orton at this point." So mm. yeah, absolutely, I'd go with Drew Randy next. Uh, overall, I gave this a four out of five in my review, and I, I actually I'm going to stand by it because the same things happened. We've got into the final segment, and it's blown me away so much that I, I want to give it that. But you know, a backlash, I gave that a two out of five. So I thought largely that was a, a rubbish, uninspiring show with a very, very good main event, but mm. that was over long anyway. Um, so I'm going to stick four out of five. I'm going to go three. I'm going to go three or five because as much as I really, really did like all the Christian stuff and the Randy Orton stuff on this show, overall, the show was quite inspiring. And actually, like, yeah, the, when you just kind of look back at it and look back at all those segments and like, there was so much on this show, but yet not a lot. Like, it's actually quite impressive how little there was on this show, considering how many segments there were. What gets me is it's the it's the sort of optimism about the future. And I'm interested in Orton Flair, but as as an overall picture of WWE, I'm not that excited, mm. unfortunately. Uh, let's get on with your su- 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 super chats, Ashley Cartwright. Ric Flair appearing on Raw is directly in response to AEW. He was a horseman. AEW nearly completed the set. WWE do not deserve us fans. I don't think it's a response to AEW. I think they just, they really like Ric Flair and they like having him on the show. I agree. JobberJJ496 is Bischoff writing a ninja storyline because they have motorbikes. NWO Ninja World Order. No Heyman and Drew's WWE Championship is comedy. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Dylan from Cork, a.k.a. Vince Russo's BFF. Well, if you give him money, I can't really properly explain how I felt about Raw last night. I enjoyed the Christian and Randy stuff, but something felt really off. Not been enjoying weekly wrestling as much recently. I'm watching a lot more old stuff at the moment. Hmm, interesting. I've seen a few people say that they can't get into wrestling at the moment. It just it doesn't feel right. Hmm. Fabio Geronimo. Maybe Tazel's ninjas can beat COVID-19. Support WrestleTalk. Greetings from Brazil. I mean, they're wearing masks. Like, they're the safest people. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Jack Berry. When's Cena going to come back to defend Edge's honour? Hey, you, t- ratings are in the toilet. Like, you know, the phone will be ringing to John soon enough. 
and rock. Uh, Phoenix, as someone who was too young to appreciate good in-ring work when Christian was around, should I be excited for his future possible matches or is he meh <gasps> in the ring? Thanks, guys. Love you. Uh, stay safe. Uh, well, Chris, I don't think Christian's going to be making a return. I think this was like, unless it's a Saudi show, like I think we might get an Edge and <laughs> Christian reunion on a Saudi show because they do like that sort of thing. But like, yeah, Christian's amazing. Just go, go and watch his feud with randy orton in 2011 particularly their money in the bank match but all the matches they had were so christian in that randy orton match of money in the bank 2011 is so amazing brilliant uh nate drops surname orton had a very sweet cuddle pin on christian exactly he was trying to protect him <clears throat> he was stroking his hair as well it was lovely uh s rick flair the og dong lord here taking Sean Ross Sapp's gimmick. Dylan from Cork, a.k.a. Vince Russo's BFF, again. Randy is the best heel in wrestling right now, including MJF. No one's as good as MJF, mate. I'll uh, throw over to you for WWE-related. Darth Cinema says, It's become clear that WWE isn't trying to hide the preference for Charlotte to have the belt. It just turns off interest in the entire women's division. How can this be changed? Keep up the good work. Um... They, I don't think it will be changed. Charlotte is their new Roman Reigns or their new John Cena. And the way WWE book people they perceive as their top baby faces is, surprisingly, as top baby faces, even despite how they're not connecting that way with the audience. Yeah, and they've, they've been subtly doing it for the last... Like, you say that she's the new Roman Reigns, but let's not forget she was added into the Ronda Rousey-Becky Lynch feud, even though she was completely unwelcome in that feud uh, because they felt like they needed some star power in there. Uh, Wilson Simons, bit unrelated. How about Matt Riddle joins Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan to make Catchpoint 2.0? Sounds pretty damn awesome. I want to see them go against each other rather than a faction, but I guess that kind of faction they would compete for... To see who the best man is. I'd have him debut. Uh, well, I mean, because he's had his first match on SmackDown this week. Uh, AJ Styles. Have him defeat AJ Styles for the belt. Establish the man. Don't just put him in squash matches for weeks on end and then not do anything with him. Because otherwise, it's because they're going to Shayna Baszler. Like, where's Shayna Baszler been? Where's Bianca Belair been? There are only two correct answers to Matt Riddle's first opponent. And that is three-month-long feuds with either Dolph Ziggler or Baron Corbin. <laughs> There it is. Um, Sean Turner says, this was not the greatest match in the world. No, this is just a tribute. Couldn't remember the greatest match in the world. No, this is just a tribute. How did we not make that joke? I know someone did it on our um, live stream reaction. I mean, and Laurie were like, ah, oh, dang it. It was staring us right in the face this whole time. Um, Alistair Gammond, uh, I voted. Hashtag British Podcast Awards. Thank Thanks, you. Alistair. Thank you, Alistair. Uh, Ollie Jacobs, more Louie on YouTube shows, please. Well, you're in luck. He's going to be on the magazine show this coming Friday. Um, you mean Lewis? Oh, sorry. Yes, Lewis. You're absolutely right. Um, Pavi uh, says, can't wait for uh, Lewis and Ross to take over the Wrestle Talk. <laughs> is, this, uh, is this a thing now? Well, yeah, because no. uh, Louis was on um, Sean Ross Sapp's uh, podcast. Where I know. Backlash. I didn't know they talked about invading us. <laughs> Uh, Joey the Merc voted in USA for a UK show for the UK awards. Jam that jam. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk wrestling. The overlay is too much for the entire. Like, it's not that big. Like, it's not much different to where we usually have it. Come on, man. Come uh, on. Danny Millhouse, uh, will your book be available on Audible? Uh, no, that's a decision for the publisher. And I think only 10 people bought it um, in paperback form. So I don't think there's going to be an audiobook version of it either. Your new uh, book, Luke. 
well either that or unless they of course they mean uh might be the wrestling hate book this book oh yeah number one seller in wrestling on amazon I'm gonna, i want to put more overlays over now <laughs> can we just Put, pile them all on top of each <laughs> other. I'll take over the general super chats. General super chats reporting in the US, we are reopening our economy in four phases. Uh, in where WA? Well, Wash- Washington? Is that, is that Probably where is. Daniel Bryan's from? We are on phase 1.5, and people already have stopped wearing masks. How's it been in the UK? I saw a tweet about coronavirus yesterday that really made me laugh and summed this whole thing up where it was like, we've tried everything. We've tried ignoring it. We've tried pretending that it doesn't exist. <laughs> We're out of ideas now. Uh, to, to explain to you what it's like in, in the UK, we're currently at a phase where I can't go and see my mum and dad, who I haven't seen in four months, but I can go to the theme park and ride a roller coaster. Yes. That's where we're at. It's simple. Yeah. The rules are very simple. I'm not allowed to see my mum and dad, but I can hire my mum to be a cleaner and then she can come over and then I can see her. It's it's clear as day. Barbara Pitts, this, uh, that is just the US right now. I live in GA? Georgia? And we pulled back all social distancing despite hitting 1,000 new cases a day. Hate it. It's not looking good over there. There are record numbers being recorded. For the last yeah. couple of months, particularly in <clears throat> Florida, uh, the, you mean the one that pushed ahead against scientific opinion, William Buner. The problem with the U.S., at least, many people are only concerned when it affects them personally or they know someone. Uh, I, I would say that's not just the U.S. That's a that's a just a hu- a person issue. That's a humanity issue. Yes. Uh, I mean, I saw someone in the in the comments before the stream actually started saying, like, you're blowing this way out of proportion. It only affects people over 70. And it's like, I think you've, you've kind of missed the point there. Dartrain24. I've been down for a long time and you've helped me stay afloat. I've finally taken some steps to get the help I need. Swaf Nation, please take care of you both. Well, well done, Dartrain. That's, uh, yeah, hopefully... The help's working out, and everyone should learn from Dartrain's example. If you are down and it is a bit tough out there at the moment, Lord knows it is, then there is no shame at all. In fact, it's very courageous to search for help, and you can do that uh, by going to WrestleTalk.com, support WrestleTalk, support each other's page, where there's loads of links to mental health charities all over the world that you can get in touch with. And Absolutely. some last minute super chats. Timothy Beatty. I like Samoa Joe talking about him fighting ninjas. That's how he disappeared for a little while in TNA. That's a true Vince Russo storyline. If ever there was one, he got kidnapped by ninjas and came back with a penis drawn on his face. <laughs> he tried to kill Scott Steiner. And Lynn Bell. Haven't watched anything WWE since WrestleMania. Only watched your reviews. After this, I've never been so happy to quit WWE. You guys are so awesome at what you do. We really don't need to watch. Well, w- Vincent uh, Pritchard will be very unhappy to hear about that because they need good news for that investor's call. So, Diamond Davis, give us some brief backlash thoughts. I thought, you know what? I really enjoyed the street, uh, the street raiders. God damn it! I really enjoyed the the war prophets. Damn it! The Viking prophets. I really enjoyed all of that stuff because it just escalated into insanity. And I get that it's a bit cliche to have Akira Tozawa lead a gang of motorbike riding ninjas, but my God, he did it well. <laughs> I did laugh. I, and I feel that Laurie and I 
I mean, actually, I say Laurie and I, just me, um, was in the minority on this one because all the feedback we got to it was very, very negative. Mm. And what I'm what I've essentially seen on the line about all of this is that there are those who are have said that it's rubbish, and people have had a pop at them for saying it's rubbish. And there are people that are saying it's really good and people having a pop at them for thinking it's really good. So I don't think anyone's going to win on this one, unfortunately. It's been a very divisive segment, it would seem. Who saw that coming in this day and age? The people know, are being right? divisive online. Yeah. I, I, I sit in the middle. I fully recognise it's a hunk of crap. Like, even in the, the realm of silly wrestling recorded stuff which you know i think we can all say the the benchmark is now the stadium stampede that, yeah. that that's perfect and on the flip side of that in terms of like quite a serious treatment of wrestling in a filmed movie like way we've got the fiend versus john cena which was wacky but underlying all of it was fantastically psychological character work and arguably edge and randy orton I think that that falls more into the movie style mode than uh, a normal match does, definitely. So I, I think it is neither of those, and it, it was badly edited. It made no sense off the back of a storyline and feud that was badly edited and makes no sense ultimately. It's just jokes which are just punchlines with no setup. So it, you know, oh, Ivar, you're cute. It's, but that was never it was never funny in the first place or really had a, a feed line. So it is nonsense. So I can't take that away from anyone. But at the same time, if you're telling me you didn't enjoy it, it even so, even when they went through the glass window, when Ford tackled, no, it was Dawkins, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, tackled Ivar, I believe, through the window. That's just fun. I, I, I popped big and I did laugh a lot during it um but also just so we can be clear it's not a sea monster Ollie. it wasn't a tent tentacle it was an alligator oh man it's Which, not convincing well this is what I, I i the amount of people like there's one person in particular who just sends me messages every other day being like you've said this wrong it's actually this when like he he's, he messaged yesterday being like uh when was can someone can you please explain to me when charlotte's beaten asker twice and i was like at these points and then they didn't say, sorry, I got it wrong. And sorry, I was so accusatory. They then was like, well, it wasn't an octopus. It was an alligator. Do you want me to tell Pete to stop sending you those messages? <laughs> yeah. It's not productive. It's Louis, really, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but but the, the big question everyone wants to know is, do you think it was the greatest wrestling match ever? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course it wasn't. No, not not even like in, 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 a, in an a lion's roar, a, an arse's roar, an arse's roar. Like an I said, arse's roar. I said in the review yesterday, it's probably not even the top one hundred greatest WWE matches, like no. ever. No, and, and Meltzer and Alvarez had a very spirited debate over this. Meltzer sort of refused to compare it to anything because he was saying this has more in common with the the movie style matches. Like there's no way you can compare this with say AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan from SmackDown, which is, you know, a very interesting viewpoint to take. I'm, I'm not sure I fully agree because, you know, it seems to have been largely more of a match with a little bit of extra added to it as opposed to the other way around. But uh, yeah, I, even then, even with all those provisos, 
nowhere near like the top 500 matches of all time, probably. No, absolutely not. Um, before we get into the big bulging uh, mailbag sack. Uh, it's robbing, Luke. Why first, is it robbing? Well, it's because it's so full and bulging. But uh, I've there's a link in this podcast description. You know what a podcast description is? Go and have a look at it. There's a link there. We are up, because every podcast is up, for the Listener's Choice Award with the British Podcast Awards, uh, powered by Acast. So when you go there, give a little search for WrestleTalk Podcast, click vote, put your name and email address in, and vote for us. It's unlikely that we'll win, because something like Adam Buxton's podcast, quite rightly, will probably win, like a podcast with actual good content on it. But, you know, we've got a fairly loyal listenership, so go over there and give us a little listen. Yeah, and then maybe Buxton will ask us to be on his his lovely ramble chat. Oh, I'd love to be on a ramble chat. Let's have a ramble chat. But uh, the other thing to go over just before we do get into this bulging mail sack is we were sent a message from uh, by Dylan from Cork and Ashleen. Very, very lovely pledgehammers that we have. Uh, wonderful Quizzlemania supporters. And they sent us this. Yo, 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 this is Vince Russo, and I am here to tell you that Dylan and Ashling would like to thank Luke, Ollie, Adam, Pete, Andy, Laurie, but not Lewis, and all the guests of Quizzle Mania for their consistent entertainment every Wednesday night. Keep on jamming that jam, bro. I love the pause he has when he's trying to think of Andy's name. <laughs> I, Lewis. So we've all been calling Louis Lewis this morning. Uh, he's over the moon. Uh, oh, yeah. He so got that name wrong. He loves it when people don't get his name right. Yeah. And he loves not appearing on Quizzlemania. Oh, yeah. Two things that he really loves. Yeah. Louis can't even get in a Vince Russo promo came- cameo video for Quizzlemania. Yeah. But anyway, that was very, very nice. So thank mm, you very much. Thank you, Dylan and Ashleen. Um, so into the throbbing mailbag, uh, Joe sent in a message to say, uh, the 69 joke is not getting old. My 11-year-old son laughs out loud every time he sees <laughs> it. He watches YouTubers like Laserbeam, Mulsec, and Fresh. God, I'm old. Uh, so think he picked it up from watching them. He says to me, uh, Mum, what's so funny about 69? Thank God I haven't already told him how children are made. I just said, it's a sex position that's really disgusting, so that's all I'm saying. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Uh, at the moment, we're playing Minecraft Dungeons together, and he yells out, nice, every time he gets to 69 in his <laughs> door. <laughs> I love how it's still funny, just inherently, without knowing the context. It's a, it's a dinner for two. That's what it is. Uh, have a great day. Keep up the good work. Jam that jam. Thank you so much for the email. Uh, this one comes in from Harry. who says, hey, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Chopper, Pete, Randy, Andy, Adam, and the rest of the WrestleTalk crew. Hope this email finds you well. It's the Geordie bus driver here getting back. Hey. After what feels like a while. Things are starting to get back to normal in the world of buses. A lot of our drivers have come back from furlough and our buses have went from an emergency timetable to pretty much normal. Things have been... a uh, sorry, things have been Baza in the last four months. Wow, Baza, right? That's a good, that's obviously a northeastern term. What does that mean? Is that bad? Baza? Yeah. Oh, it's looking pretty Baza there. I feel maybe. like I've got to go for an Australian accent when I talk about things being Baza. Or maybe it's the Geordie way of saying bizarre. 
Um, like, anyway, hey, uh, hey, look, Pat, things have been proper buzzer or up here. Is there that right? Yeah, it's, it's like it. It's like we've had an audio version of the email sent in. Uh, what is time anyway? It's been scary at times and surreal being in the thick of things and seeing every stage of this lockdown play, take place in front of me. Some good news to come out of this. However, I'm now partaking in an exciting adventure. I've joined a very well-regarded original band uh, that I've played with before in the past with other members, but haven't been able to attend. They're called Fires of Freya. You can find them on Spotify. Very cheap plug. They're a fantastic bunch of people, and I'm excited to join them as the new bass player, and I hope I can cont- uh, help them continue their momentum and actually make something out of it. I would love to be able to tour with them around the country, maybe even play in London, so I can get say hi to you, lads. Have you lot, uh, have you lot talked about when you were heading back into the office, if it's even something that is close to happening, or are you making it it's uh, making sure that it's much safer everyone to get back to the business cheers lads hope you're doing well and keeping up the amazing content you help so many get through things that are battling uh with you uh battling with by being your uh, sorry by being your fantastic selves lots of love from the geordie bus driver slash bass player harry bazza bazza times indeed harry we should call him bazza harry or harry baz Mm. you're not a fan of that Oh, sorry. There was a new game. Sorry. Do you know what I've noticed? Sorry. Now that we're all in the support at wrestletalk.com email, there's so many messages that are just for the SmackDown podcast. They must push it. They've got an engaged audience. Yeah. Damn them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm happy for their success, but at the same time, I'm a bit annoyed. I'm a bit annoyed that they're getting more correspondence than us. That's what I was thinking. Um, okay. We've also had this in this well, We email. should probably talk to Harry first. Well done on the... This is why we don't get the emails in. Because <laughs> I just read them... Down for volume. I'm reading them out and be like, yeah, well, I mean, you don't actually want to hear a reply, do you? I just want to hear oh, your guys. name said. <laughs> uh, so the... Yeah, we, we have spoken about going back into the office. When this all started, I'm not going to be that guy, but a week before everyone else did. I was planning before it was cool. Uh, we had in mind end of, end of June at the earliest. Um... I d- the, the only reason we would go in is to do the podcast together, you know, aside from office banter, which is hardly essential, unfortunately. And we've done a, a fair shake of doing that over Google Meets. We're playing diplomacy now. Yeah, we're slowly breaking up the group by <laughs> warring with each other with a, a board game based on uh, the First World War. Uh, but the in the in the podcast studio... There is no way we can socially distance from each other. So it would be not just bad for us, obviously, but I think it would be irresponsible socially to sort of put that message out there that it's okay and, and me and Luke can sit close to each other when we, we wouldn't we, we shouldn't be, really. So mm. no, no, I don't think for a, a while. Plus, I you know, I, I'm prepared for a second wave. I, I think it's quite clear that's gonna happen, unfortunately, because there's a bit of a rush to get going as as you would have just heard in our big raw review discussion yeah uh, i mean i've been talking to my wife about this and saying that i don't think we'll be in the office possibly <laughs> until the end of the year some like in some cases especially if we do get that second spike my friends who work for big banks uh not to sasha banks you know the boss <laughs> yeah, the boss yeah, of yeah. banks uh yeah they're not working there until past october and that's just penciled in mm. and you got to think like later in the year it's going to be worse, right? Because that's flu season anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Just just uh, an idea for Harry, though. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
you're on you want to go on tour with the band that won't happen i don't think for a while but when it does it's like they need a bus driver and bass player it's perfect it really is. If you want to get a job in independent wrestling, you learn how to drive. You'll get booked more if you learn how to drive and have a car than if you're really, really good at wrestling. Can I just, and as an addendum to that, is being able to drive and be willing to drive other people places. <laughs> like oh, you're the- going to have to pick them up. Yeah, the, the two have got to go hand in hand. You can't just drive yourself to shows and drive yourself back. No, 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 no. There'll be loads of people that you need to pick up and ferry home and everything. Oh, and you want to leave when the show finishes? No, no, you can't be the first person to leave. There's some weird game of manners that goes on <laughs> for a minimum of 90 minutes. Um. Just lastly, before we do go, I did just send you an email, but we'll uh, talk about that from Nate uh, on the AEW podcast. I went to go view a house on Saturday. Ooh. Oh, and... you sent me the link. Me and Anna looked at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you, and what did you think? We we thought it was a very grown-up house. Yeah, it's a bit it's too like grown-up. It's got like eight bathrooms and four bedrooms. It's got four bathrooms. Let's be, you know, let's not, let's not be hyperbolic. That's um, a one-to-one <laughs> ratio of bedrooms to bathrooms. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit much. Um, but it was a very, very bizarre experience because it was a socially distancing viewing. Interesting. So our estate agent just sort of stood two meters away from us behind some plexiglass um, and just sort of like, you know, told us. And then she had to leave, go onto the estate, unlock it, then go back to the office we had to then wait for her to go and then just walk around on our own. So we just got to, we just had free reign at the place. So we couldn't, wow. ask her, couldn't ask her any questions. So we've all had to do it via email. Well, I guess that's the way it has to be at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, it's very lovely. We might buy it. Ooh, exciting. Yes. So lots of paperwork at the moment and trying to work things out, but it is very exciting. Um, but anyway, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut this a little bit shorter, although I think we've gone quite long because... We've got to put some screens up and do a live show, Oliver Davis. We've got to get ready for it, mate. So thank you all so much for listening. Remember to click the link that's in the podcast description and vote for the WrestleTalk podcast in the British Podcast Awards. Let's try and beat Buxton. Uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the hashtag we'll use, beat Buxton. Um, I don't want him to see that. <laughs> no, support Buxton. You know what? Just go and vote for Buxton. <laughs> Search for Adam Buxton's podcast. It is the best one, so go and okay. vote for him. Oh, sorry, can American viewers uh, and listeners vote for this? I think so. I don't, yeah, I think so. Go crazy people stateside. Absolutely. Go crazy wherever you are in the world. And uh, be around for the AEW review on Wednesday. The Sorry, on Thursday, rather. The NXT review on Thursday. The magazine show on Friday with the debut of Louis Danger Dangor. Sorry, Louis Danger. Uh, and on the <laughs> Saturday show with Pete and Andy to review SmackDown. Quizzlemania uh, on Thursday as well. There'll be a brand new episode of that. And a new episode of No Rolls Barred will be available next, not Sunday coming, the Sunday after. So get around, get subscribing to that, go listen to all the back catalogue. There's so much podcasters that we're making and we love all of them and we love each and every one of you. So take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 